This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is No Country for Old Men. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host alongside me, Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you doing? Good. Thanks. We have a special guest today, Cole Forrester. Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, just lovely to have you here on the movie, Microscope. Are you familiar with the movie, Mi- Microscope is? It's a show where we zoom in. We, uh, we watch a film with <laughs> peeled back eyes. And we stare in, in, intensely into a film until we've ripped all the veneer away. All we have are the little moments that make or break. And we take those moments and we share them with our audience. So if we were watching or talking about no such thing, we wouldn't be talking about the time when Sarah Polly takes every inch of the monster's load. We'd be talking about the little moments. Robert Burke. Robert Burke. Robert Burke. Robert Burke. Um, hey, uh, let me ask you a quick question, recording question. Yeah. Should I turn this fan off? No, keeps us cool. Is it fine? We've Let's proven that uh, we're making a little noise. It's not an airtight <laughs> outfit, you know. At this point, is it working for you? I feel great. All right. So, so Cole, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let the listeners know. All right. Well, uh, I'm kind of a nerd that runs a cigar lounge. Okay. I think that that sums it up adequately. Uh, I like movies. I went to school for movies for a little while before I dropped out because I was like, I like cigars better, <laughs> and uh, but I still watch them. And I'm ready to talk about some. What was it that kick-started your movie love? Do you remember? Uh, Taps? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, no. Unfortunately, I'd have to say Batman and Robin when I was a child. Really? <laughs> They're going to say flesh and bone. No, no. Uh, Batman and Robin. And then I realized when I was older that it sucked. <laughs> uh, and I just, I hate it now. But it was fun, and it was energetic, and it sold a lot of action figures, which is what movies are for, really. Um, <laughs> so... I so mean, Batman Robin, is that the one with Clooney and uh, Chris all O'Donnell? The, all the puns, yeah. yes. Brown wall. Um, the mis- second version of Bat Nipples. And you had Mr. Freeze. Yeah. You had Poison Ivy. And Bane. And Bane. And Batgirl. And what was uh, Debbie Mazar? Sugar and Spice or something like that? Oh, I don't That is a good brown wall. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember too well. Who directed that one? Is that Schumacher? Joel, Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. baby. Was Ch- which one? Did he, did he do the just the... He did the. He did forever in Batman. And Robin. Okay. Mm-hmm. The great thing about that movie, though, is is what forced Clooney to become a better actor because of his. He got nailed for his yeah, head bobs. And, yeah. And and uh, Steven Soderbergh said, "Let me take you into my wing, and we'll turn you into a genius." And that's what happened. <laughs> is that Solaris? No, it was uh, Out of Sight, which oh, okay. is a masterpiece, uh, Elmer Leonard adaptation. 
So uh, today we're going to do No Country for Old Men. Have you heard of it, Justin? I've, I've seen this. I've seen this movie. It's a, it's a little film that was uh, critically acclaimed. Was it liked? Did it do okay in the Oscars? I think it did okay. It beat my favorite movie of all time. No, I have a grudge. There will be blood. There will be blood. Yeah. That's not a bad movie to love. No. I don't and think honestly, so. if it has to lose to a movie, I can understand why it might lose to this one. I understand, I understand as well. So I still like No Country for Old Men. Yeah, that's good. That's that because a lot of people hate Andy Hall strictly because it beat Spider Man. I mean, Star Wars Spider Man, <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I forgot about that 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 uh, pairing, that uh, that fight, that fight to the Oscar gold. I forgot about. Uh, and that. actually, there will uh, no uh, there will be blood. May not have even been second place that year. I think there was another movie that was more mainstream that was uh, giving them a run for their money. Well, they it got screwed a little bit because they put a spoiler in the title. <laughs> there will be blood. Yeah. Well, they did a spoiler in No Country for Old Men too. That's true. <laughs> what was? Wait, that was ni- uh, nineteen two thousand and uh, two thousand seven. No, I think it was nineteen ninety one. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it. Zoom in. Yeah. Okay. That was a two thousand seven. There was another movie that year. There was like a. What was it? Was that the year that uh, Michael Douglas? Phones allowed? We can do phones. No. Can, yeah, you can do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do before we get into the mix. Let's see what. Let's do a rundown of the 2007 Oscars. Okay. I hope that this is back when they they it was before they would do ten nominees. Unfortunately. Oh. Um. 2008 Oscars maybe. Yeah. It's, it's a 2000 year, movie, it's a year after. So yeah. 2008 would be the Oscar year. Um, Russell Crowe. That wasn't Master of Commander year because that's a great movie too. No, that's that was two thousand three, right? Brown Bunny was that the year Brown Bunny came out? <laughs> Michael Clayton was up. Great movie. Atonement was up. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> Juno, good but not Oscar worthy. No Country and There Will Be Blood. I was surprised. What about that? the actors and actresses? Because that's that'll give you a clue as to some of the snubbed. <clears throat> um, was that the year Cole Hauser got snubbed? <laughs> too, too fast for furious. <laughs> I wish I could type faster. Actor nominees. You want me to supporting actors got, first? I think he got nominated for yeah, an Oscar he that was year. great in that movie. Michael Clayton's awesome. Such a. I just watched that like last. Yeah, week. that's a movie that's grown on me a little bit actually. So Clooney, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, for In the Valley, in the Valley of Ela. That's a wonderful performance. I know, but that's so weird that that's what he got nominated. I guess he got, he must have gotten a supporting. That's best actor. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Day Lewis for There Will Be Blood. Uh, Viggo Mortensen for Eastern Promises, excellent performance, and the one that everybody remembers, Johnny Depp for Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. That's embarrassing. Does it have actresses, or is it too difficult? No, it's not. I'm just going one at a time here, looking up actress. He got nominated for Sweeney Todd. He did, and he should have. I think everybody agrees. It's one of the best Herod performances. <laughs> His hair is outstanding in that. So we got Ma- uh, Marianne Cotillard for La yeah. Vie and Rose, which I think she, very, very she won, right? She won, yeah. Very good movie. It was good. Or she was good in Edith it. Edith Piaf, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay, Kate Blanchett for Elizabeth, The Golden Age, another classic. That was the sequel. Mm-hmm. Julie Christie, Away From Her. By the Sarah way. Sarah Pauly d- directed that. Who? Sarah Pauly. Uh, what movie? Away From Her. Oh, yeah. The Alzheimer's film. And then I don't remember Ellen it. Page for Juno and Laura Linney <laughs> for The Savages. That's so funny that you mentioned. Um, is, we're getting this off to a rock. We mentioned Piaf and then Golden Age. Reminds me of Shirley Manson's downtime, right? Hmm. 
She loves being peed on and pissing on people. I don't know what you're talking about. Lisa her garbage. Enjoys a good piss on. I don't. So she loves R. Kelly. <laughs> too old. She's too old. Are you serious? I never heard this. Oh, she loves to be pissed on and pee on people. She likes to stand over her lover and piss all hey, over. Are you their sure chest. this is not just part of her, uh, uh, you know, bad woman image? Like no, she's no. trying to put forth. No, this is what she does. I'm not this saying it's a bad does. necessary this is Thursday thing. night for Shirley Manson. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I feel like she's projecting maybe an image for her, uh, for her band. So let's talk about this movie. Speaking the, of piss, the best use of binoculars ever in cinema. No Country for Old Men. Okay, give me an explanation why that is. The first chunk of the movie is Josh Brolin with binoculars. And I don't think this has ever happened before. There's a scene where we get to experience him taking his binoculars off. Where the camera moves with his binoculars coming off. So you're looking at the guy Mm -hmm. up against the tree. And then the the, the whole frame goes haywire as he takes the binoculars off. It's amazing. Yeah. um, That's why the film was nominated. It was that scene. That's what they played during the Binocular acting. They actually, the Coens had uh, headshots of all the actors they were considering for this. And they would put little... Uh, binoculars up to their eyes, little cutout <laughs> binoculars. That's how they made their decision. Yeah. Um, and Brolin has he ha- he does look good. Narrowly beat out David Morse. <laughs> Looks damn good with some binoculars. He does look good with binoculars. That's yeah. maybe one of the best. So f- so before we go into deepness <clears throat> and start zooming in all over the place, your your personal relationship with No Country for Old Men. First time you saw it, first reaction. Uh, the first time I saw it, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great. You're, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just felt it was missing something. It was a very cold movie, it felt like, yes. it, which it is. Um, and then... Had you read the book already? No. Okay, I read the book after I watched it for the first time. Yeah, and then yeah. I realized there was no point in reading it because it's literally the exact same thing. Although it does, um, I think it... <laughs> because the structure of the movie is so odd, you know, obviously with the, the, the rug coming out from under you, I think the book helps... It, it to, to me, it makes it just more organic. Just see, it, it's well, now I watch the movie and I don't. It just it just makes it richer to me. Yeah, I uh, initially, like I said, I liked it, but it, as I've seen it more and more, I've definitely grown to have a more fuller appreciation. What for about it. you? Did you see we see it together? I've never, I've never seen this film. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we saw it together. We I it, did a screening. Uh, this is before my downfall. I'm, then maybe I did because uh, I also I read the book. I think before seeing the movie, mm. I love the movie. And actually, there's a. Um, a scene in the movie uh, from the book I was waiting for. There's a big shootout in the book that they kind of cut out. It still happens. This is the scene with uh, Brolin in the hotel room. It's a great scene. But there's a whole part of that where there's another uh, attack, uh, a Mexican gang attack, and then Sugar takes them all out. I was excited about that in the Mm -hmm. film, and it's not in it. So I was disappointed a little bit. The funny thing is when you... It doesn't matter. You know, a lot of people have different interpretations on how he gets killed in the movie. Brolin? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say it's the gang, and a lot of people say it's Sugar. I think it's the gang. Well, yeah, you never I think, know, I think it's, a, it's obviously the gang. Because That's what it, I think. Because Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones is coming on the scene right as it's happened. Yeah. But there's a there's an entire body of people that think Sugar wins, like he got him in that scene. And it, it doesn't Maybe. make sense because he goes and has to retroactively investigate Sugar does. Yeah, that's why on. I always thought it was the gang. I, I feel like it, yeah. I think, uh, I mean... It, uh, it is the internet. His... So. His, uh, his, uh, his. He was done. Like as soon as he touched the money, he was. It was over for him. But uh, brawling. But you know, I don't think you're right. I don't think it's. I don't think it's sugar at the end. I think it's the gang. Uh, uh, are, are we sure he's dead? 
He may be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one There's another back to the hospital. theory on the internet that he is alive. <laughs> that yeah, was, I didn't read any of this, yeah. so tell me about this. There is there's a theory on the internet that he survived. He doesn't look like he's alive in that I know, shot. I know. Not and a, no one's rushing to his aid. Well, plus, isn't there a morgue scene right after that? There's a scene with Tommy Lee Jones at the morgue right after that. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, in fact, there is. And, and Brolin's in the morgue. But the, 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 what I think is people get confused about is the mortician, the guy that works there, says there's no more room in the hospital. We had to bring this still alive person down here <laughs> and watch, make sure he's okay. He's in a coma. And Cormac McCarthy's words just come out so nice and clean. <laughs> I know. So poetic. Um, yeah, I remember well, let's, this let's, was a big one for me in the we, theater. Yeah, it, it's and then we, you know, on Nick's website, on, on Chud, we all reviewed, there was a bunch of reviewers, and we all reviewed, when it came out on a DVD, we all reviewed it. It was like, you had like five or six reviews on there. And yeah. I, I wrote a really, I think, deep, I, pretty pretentious review. Cool. But it's at the still, same time, I can, I can, it's still it's still up there. I have it. I have some really good captions, though. Yeah. I thought um, we'll, we'll revisit them after this. Don't oh, worry, yeah, guys. Yeah, we'll laugh our tits <laughs> off. Um, so, uh, if you guys are somehow unfamiliar with this story, uh, it's pretty it's pretty simple. Uh, a man is hunting. He, uh, he he finds uh he finds some money. Things go fine. Everything goes perfectly fine for him. That's pretty much the plot, mm-hmm. right? Nothing bad happens to him or anyone else. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the the, I, I, it, it, the thing that always excites me about the Coen brothers is why they would choose their work. This book is, it's almost as if it was written for them in a way. If you think about Fargo, the tone of Fargo, there's a lot of that here. And there's a lot of some of their other stuff here, Miller's Crossing. Um, I mean, little doses. It just really seems like a, the, the perfect marriage. You think about Cormac McCarthy's stuff on the page. It's so dry. It's so. It's it's so matter of fact, mm. and somehow it makes perfect poetic, sense for though, them. It the is absolutely and very funny. Surprisingly mm. funny. The, they didn't they didn't alter a lot of his stuff at all. I mean, the the Coens are like when you look think of their movies, they they have like this. They're attracted to material where it, it's kind of it's disengaged. Like there's. There's a certain, like you mentioned before, there's a coldness to mm-hmm. this movie. There's a coldness <clears throat> to their work in general. And I think for a long time they were going to do a movie called To the White Sea by James Dickey, who did Deliverance and wrote Deliverance. I hope to they the, still do that at some point. I mean, To the White Sea, it's a book. It's uh, about a guy who, uh, World War II, a, I think a pilot that um, crashes and is behind enemy lines. And then it's about his survival. It's and a it, one-person play. It's it's wow. rough, too. It's like a, And it's just it's just a brutal story, but it's very cold. And this movie remind it's almost like they try to get that movie working going for a long time. They couldn't do it, and I feel like this almost is oh, we got this one going at least because it's it's it feels similar to that one. Okay. So um, yeah, that was going to be Brad Pitt for a long time. Yep. remember? Yeah, they almost had that. Uh, going. And they and they've proven they could work with him. He was great in Burn After Reading. It it's about a guy who's surviving behind enemy lines, but then starts thriving behind enemy lines and oh, loving okay. loving. Being trying to survive, like killing yeah. people, and it's it's interesting. It's not great. For, <laughs> it's not great for the uh, people in behind. You know, he's stuck with. So, um, oh, so Owen Wilson couldn't do it. Is what you're saying? <laughs> That's right. He wasn't <laughs> behind enemy lines. <laughs> and who was he? Was he with Hackman? Hackman. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. Hmm. 
He's alive. He's retired, so he's dead to me. Mooseport. Retired in peace. Yeah, Yeah, Mooseport was. But unfortunately, um, not Ray Romano's last movie. No, I like Ray Romano, actually. (laughs) Welcome to Mooseport was his last movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he went out on a high note. Yeah, big time. Probably his most beloved film. Oh, yeah. 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 It's either that or uh, Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State, probably, right? What's the one he did that... That is a great Will Smith movie. Didn't he do one with, like, Dan Aykroyd or something? He did, like, a... Buddy Moose Ports with him, isn't it? Yeah, Moose Ports. Oh, Lo- Loose Cannons. Loose Cannons. Who was that with? Him and who? It might have been. Aykroyd? Maybe. Nice. All right, well, so the plot is... <laughs> Let's talk about Loose Cannon. <laughs> the plot is that, yeah, bro, Josh Brolin uh, is hunting and finds, uh, comes across a a drug deal gone bad or a drug... not Yeah, drug deal gone bad. Yeah. And then he pieces together that there's probably money to be found that finds it takes it home with them and then that's bad yeah but the funny thing is, is <laughs> the way that this the, the way that this movie tells its story just from those moments with Brolin are so cool like the way that uh, the whole thing yeah the scenes of him with like I said with the binoculars he's there's great and then when he interacts with the dying man in the truck and the look of the crime scene and the way he's trying to piece things together because he's as as much as he gets owned by Javier Bardem in this he's not he makes he's actually pretty effective in a lot of scenes that's one of my favorite things about the movie is that Brolin is as he's makes all these smart choices like so he as far as it's dumb that he takes the money but he what he does afterwards he it seems like he's really shrewd in what he's doing he's shrewd getting to the money pieces things together then at the end of the movie you realize Oh, he's fucking dumb. Like, he realized that he really... I mean, you know that he's in over his head, but then he really falls apart at the end. Like, it just... Mm-hmm. Actually, if As he soon had, as, like... It's 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 the no good deed goes unpunished thing, too. If he didn't bring water to the dude, everything's fine. Yep. But he can't... It's not fine. It is. It isn't. Yes. It's because the tracker's still in the briefcase, and he doesn't know about it. They would have found him at home. That's true. They would have found yeah. him, but, but he wouldn't have been shot. He would have... He they probably would have killed him at home. But I think the fact... Because I was thinking about that, too... So he goes back. He he can't help himself. Goes back to help. the dog. Actually, put the tracker in his briefcase. Water too. <laughs> he does a whole gallon. Anyway, we we're going. We're skipping around. That's so right. We're just <laughs> fucking. What I loved about about that is that so he brings so in the crime scene he he finds uh, the, the 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 shootout. He finds a guy that's still alive. The guy asks for water and brawl and leaves him there. He feels he feels guilty <laughs> at, and he and he and he goes back. What I like about Brolin and this is he he like responds to his thoughts out loud, so he'll be like he'll be in bed and he'll go all right, <laughs> and like he does, <laughs> he does that a couple times where he, when he finds the money, I think he does something like that where he goes, mm-hmm, you know, like he yeah. he could he's just like thinking about it and he's talking to himself. The funny thing is, is Brolin's one of those guys who blossomed like he out of nowhere. I mean, I I yeah. loved him in a lot of movies, but he had never had, and then this this was his this is this made his. This is this repopped him. Yeah, for sure. Repopped. Is that right? No, the right term. Because that means he would have popped. I mean, before. he was in. He was languishing before this. His whole career, like he was. Like and that story about actor. how he got the parts, great too. You heard about this? I've not heard that. So he was working with Tarantino on Planet Terror, uh, and on the you know the Grindhouse. Yeah. And uh, Robert Rodriguez, and mm. so he, who isn't a big Coen Brothers fan, when they found out they were making this movie, it was a dream project of his. He had read the book. He was dying to work on it and to work with them. So he had Tarantino and Rodriguez shoot his audition for them. Like oh, it was the most polished audition ever. And they sent it out to the Coen brothers and prayed for the best. And the movie was took a long time to come together. Months and months later, he finally hears back from the Coens, and they said, 
Who did your lighting? <laughs> they liked the lighting. <laughs> they liked the lighting in his audition video. Oh, God. But uh, they, I mean, obviously. And yeah. Then, so I think at one point Heath Ledger was up for this and turned it down, yeah, I think. He, he, yeah. And then. Um, Life turned him down, I think. And then Garrett Dillahunt, they, we had found out today that he was in the movie, who's a great actor, was up, like yeah. auditioned a lot for this role. So, But, but I, I mean, Brolin. Yeah. The thing is, is the, you take Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and Brolin could not have worked better the chemistry the way that i mean they're never really together but the the, the marriage of all those actors mm-hmm. in this they're never together well right? is that true there are moments they're almost never together well they never talk yes i don't on the phone yeah, bardem do. talks to brolin he says uh he says is uh carson wells there <laughs> he goes not in the sense you're th- <laughs> you mean <laughs> yeah woody harrelson woody harrelson was he's great great everybody little. even the little guys like steven root's little moments really mm-hmm. funny uh, we were talking about Corbin, um, Barry Corbin, Barry Corbin, the older guy that the he, Tommy Lee Jones visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at the end of the movie, Tess Harper from Chud. Tess Harper's in this. Um, at the end of the movie, there's a scene. Well, we talk, I guess should we just should we go Leonard? Should we go through? Because there's so many things that go through. I, I feel like we should just like I want to talk about the beginning. Let's do it. The limping dog. Remember him? Yeah. So the, that's when how he looks back. It's such a great moment. So Brolin is he shoot he 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 shoots a, well the movie starts off with shoots like extreme violence writers. with sugar like he, yep it kill yeah uh, does the cop die strangling a cop to death um, yes but and then using his what is that a cattle yeah yeah thing <laughs> that's what it's called <laughs> but you know it starts with Brolin kind of winging I guess what is it a antelope gazelle antelope or something some and so. Starts tracking it and then comes across another blood trail and looks and sees a dog kind of a limping away, and I was like, "That's a great! How did they get that dog to limp so well? It's a great." There's a, a lot great, of dogs that are injured in the world. That's a, that's a great piece of dog acting in this. It's actually Andy Circus doing that. Do you think somebody? <laughs> do you think that somebody uh, says, "Hey, they, they put a call out. Does anybody have a dog that like can fake a limp? Like, I got, I got one. Yeah." Just go to doglimp.com. They got it's like a casting service. That sounds dirty. But there's a sh- <laughs> yeah, there's a shot where the dog sadly looks back at him. That That's is the so same iconic. One. It's I know it's, it's so iconic. It's great. Yeah, it's like uh, he looks over his shoulder and then he keeps limping away. And so then Brolin pieces together that it's fleeing something, so he goes the other way and it leads him to the. I don't deal. think I don't think he th- he realizes it's fleeing something. I just I think th- he realizes well this blood trail leads to that, so this blood trail must lead to the thing. Well, so no, the dog is is creating that blood trail and he follows it back no he stands at the crossroads mm-hmm. and he follows where the dog came from that's but there's blood going the other way too yeah that's where the dog is he doesn't go towards the dog he turns around and goes the other way well this where is it the came fu- from. this is an airtight gazelle then because this thing needs to skew as well <laughs> no he the so then the, the gazelle is bleeding he leaves that trail it's it's in the shot okay. there, you see his the gazelle's blood i don't like you this see movie anymore <laughs> you see another blood nothing you, i know is true anymore did you not did you not see the two blood trails? I zoom in. I'm zooming in. I don't know how to read. I couldn't read a trails. blood trail if it was, you know. If you turn on the narration, did you do this? If you turn on the narration, they have a narration uh, uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So you have cut. You can do subtitles, yeah. and you can this do is like a long narrative. way to go for this joke. And it says there's two blood trails, and Brolin falls the other one. Yeah, it's not even. I mean, that's not even. There's a post credits thing though. <laughs> the gazelle, like covering up its blood trail. I can't believe you didn't me. notice it. It's, yeah. it's very apparent that Cohen's make it so clear. Fucking you fucked up. You watched it. How anyway, many so times? He, Two so he, finds, a <laughs> cri- he finds a crime scene. You fucked up, man. I feel bad for you. <laughs> Nobody more than me. 
anyway, you know what would be a good name for this movie, by the way? What? Deadly Friendo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the dead dog puppets in this? Well, it's not a puppet; it's dead. Might be the worst. Part. Puppets are things you manipulate. But it's these are, a, I guess, a dead dog carcass. Yeah, but it's like a fake. It looked like a stuffed animal. It's adorable. <laughs> Are you going to take it with you on the dead desert dog, island? Deaddog.com is where you get those. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one of the dogs had three bullet holes in his little yeah, chest. Yeah, it's method actor. Poor guy. <laughs> also in the morgue at the end, still alive. A lot of dog death in this movie. There is. There's Everyone loses life. That That's another thing. The little swimming sequence with the little that's dog in the background is so cute. The, the dogs are... Dog. That pit bull, that yeah. angry, vicious pit bull. Yeah, but <laughs> actually, if he had chose to stay in the water and just drift downstream, dog would have given up. Dog could have survived. Dog was gaining on him. <laughs> the uh, the the dogs are great in this, and that's a, the little cute dog swimming is. And it's jumping it. in the water. It's little legs like out behind it. It's adorable. If you zoom in on the DVD, you can see the floaties that, <laughs> that it has. Well, it's a little water sure. wing. Yeah, Brolin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great little movie. Great, great little dog. He it doesn't make it. It dies instantly. By the way, he yeah. shoots it and it's instantly dead. Yeah, he dries the gun out. Actually, real quick. It doesn't make a couple of moves, but it's so sad. Does he do it with one shot? Yeah, okay. He's trying to get the gun dry. That's what I thought. Yeah, he's just chasing the water, which sucks. That sucks because he he's, he's he's shot. Yeah, he's injured. He's he's sh- yeah, he, <laughs> he shoeless. He's getting away from the bad guys with their dogs. Why do you take his shoes off? By the way, you'd know. Blood trail, something weird. <laughs> I wonder why he did take his shoe off. Maybe because it just would that would just drag him down. Maybe it, it helps him swim to take him off. Those are heavy boots. Still there's a lot of there's a lot of focus on boots in this movie yeah. too. Yeah, he has brand loyalty. We just and socks. Yeah, socks. A lot of focus on the feet. A lot of blood. A lot of injuries. Be um, this would be a good movie for Wiki Feet. Shut up. Is it on there? He f- he finds so he finds this this <laughs> dead ombre. <laughs> Another great scene where he kind of waits him out, checks his watch, makes sure the guy's still dead. Under the tree. Yeah. Yeah, because he follows, uh, he, he figures that this guy's going to leave. Yeah. He would go out the way he came, the guy with the money, so he start, and he goes, and he'd probably go to shade. He pieces it all together out loud, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Talks to himself. Yeah, as that, you would. But that's before he gets shot. The scene where, okay, the scene, where, you're talking about Coen Brothers killing it. When you read the book, mm-hmm. you could picture a really cool scene, but somehow the way that they shoot that, where his truck's up there with the lights on. Mm-hmm. And he's doing his thing, he's looking around, and then you see it and the truck's up there with the lights on. He's doing his shit, and then he looks up and there's another truck next to it. It's like a horror movie, the way they shoot that scene. The truck doesn't have his lights on up there. Oh, it's the silhouette of the truck, yeah, right? Yeah, silhouette of the truck. And then they yeah. flash. They and flash the other thing I love about this movie is pe- people are pretty crack shots. Mm-hmm. You see, I mean, the, like these guys, like they nail him in the first shot. Bardem almost, I mean, he nails him almost every time he shoots at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. Those guys are vicious. And that, like, the, just the unrelenting dread that permeates Brolin throughout this movie is just something. Well, so th- that's a great scene because Brolin going to give that guy water, and then he realizes something's changed, like in the scene, like something's different. The door's closed. He had left it open. Mm-hmm. Looks in there. The guy's been shot. He's like, fuck. Looks back up. You're right. In his car, there's another car beside his car, and they're popping his tires. That oh, is that's brutal. Great. It's brutal. The dread, and then they come down. Yeah, he's he's instantly fucked as soon as he gets back to that crime scene. Um, anyway, the, you're talking about the book. Do you remember the subtitle of the book? It was No Country for Old Men, but there's actually a subtitle that they didn't yeah. keep in the movie. Two blood trails. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> you knew I was going to do it, right? Like at some point. No, I didn't. I, I don't know you. You knew. I have no idea you were going to go there. This, by the way, this movie takes place in 1980. Is, is it 1980? I thought it was a little later than that. No, it's 80. Like 83. There's a scene where he tells he has the he, the, this, the coin sequence. He, he says this coin has traveled 22 years to get to you, mm. and it's yeah. Math is hard. <laughs> Pretty cool. I, the the reason I knew it was eighties because they kept playing all those eighties songs in this. Yeah, lots of lots of music. yeah, um, lots of Cindy Lauper. So obviously Brolin gets hurt, uh, and he has to get his shit together, and the story kind of kicks into place. It becomes sort of a road movie. Gets shot in the shoulder. Okay. And that's the first time he's picking. Remember, he's picking stuff out of his shoulder, like picking the, the buckshot or whatever Shrapnel it is. And, shit. and that's the first time you see someone tend into their wounds in this, which. The movie focuses on a lot. There's a lot of healing, a lot of self-healing. There in is, movie. except d- for the dog. <laughs> the dog is passed. <laughs> they could have had a scene. Maybe there's a scene where the dog's licking. It's, 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 it's. Uh, I don't know. There's Maybe a, they cut it out. It's in heaven. It's in the deleted scenes. <laughs> that would be a good deleted scene. Deleted scene. Actually, um, it'd be great if the Coen Brothers had an entire dog movie, separate, like like an Isle of Dogs, but just all the all the no country dogs. <laughs> And Garrett Dillahunt talks. That's a oh no wait the, the when when the Javier Bardem takes his two coworkers to the scene, mm-hmm. the guy brings up that's a dead dog. <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep. Well, what did, let me let, let's, so whenever Brolin's first go, he first sees that the drug bus gone bad and he's walking through the crime scene. Did it remind you of when Jean Claude in Hard Target? <laughs> No, was was piecing together what happened at hit no, at crime like scene. Hard it's not same? as good. It's not as good. You think it was an influence on the Coen Brothers' Hard Target? No, there's a there's a ram, same Ramy connection to both films. That's true. I mean, to the Coen Brothers, and then yeah, he produced Hard Target, and he produced, uh, he worked with them on Crime Wave, uh-huh. and he appeared in H- uh, Miller's Crossing, and the Coen one of the Coens and worked on Evil Dead. Right? Yep. So you didn't you talked about the guy under the tree with the money and all that stuff, but you didn't say what Bro- but Brolin asked. The guy that wants agua. Ombre Ultimo. That has to be one of your favorite things in any I say movie. that a lot. Yeah. I say that a lot. But uh, he actually it's says it differently. Line. He says it like Ultimo Ombre or something. Yeah, uh, Ultimo Ombre. Where's the Ultimo Ombre? Yeah. Last Man Standing. You think the guy in the credits credited as Ultimo yeah, Ombre? I, he's, I, don't, I think he might. No, or but under, that is a real man. That's not a puppet. Or under tree man. Now I'm calling things that are inanimate puppets. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I wish I would have kept that subtitle for the movie. <laughs> It would help your confusion at least. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, once Shigor is kind of driving the movie, uh, I mean, what's his? What's the first scene? He, he uses his cattle thing on the dude to get the car. Yeah, right in the head. And then the coin scene is not too far after that. If I remember, it's right. not. It's, it's like pretty early in the film. That's one of the signature moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the third time he's on screen. Yeah. Oh. Zoom, he zoomed in. <laughs> that scene could not be better, I think. I think, no, I think it's the best. And it's that poor guy, you feel so bad for that guy. He's yeah. getting talked into a corner. Yeah, everything he does to try to get out of it, to try to end the conversation, doesn't work. Nope. And he's gotten into... Why did he get into... He gets into Sugar's sights because... Or sugar, how do you say it? Sugar? sugar? sugar. I always say sugar. I like it. I'm going to say it like that. Sugar. Sugar. Um... He gets because he because how Connery would definitely pronounce. He it. tries to create some small talking. He's like he asks he 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 says where because he knows this is where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then that's why because he assumes something about yeah, his, his, his personal life. So then, um, 
yeah, and he starts to realize his life's in jeopardy. But I, I like how he's like he asks him about he asks him about his life, and he keeps he's like, uh, "How did you come to work at this place?" And he goes, "Well, it's my wife's." You married into. He's, he's, he's astonished about that he got married into married this into awful it. job. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> shot in this in that scene that I think is a, amazing. Yeah. It's oh the, yeah. It's the candy wrapper. Of course. Crinkling. It's the. What do you mean, of course. No, I, I exactly. I knew you were gonna say, and then I'm gonna zoom in. Not a candy wrapper, but it's a nuts wrapper. He's eating cashews, I think. I thought it was a, like a Big Daddy or something. I thought he was eating the nuts out of the Adam candy. Sandler, <laughs> or ba- Baby Ruth. That's but that man. the way it crinkles is just—it's great. It's amazing. It's real slow. It's it's weird. It's it, it's almost. Uh, yeah. It seems like they changed the frame rate. Um, but yeah, that that scene where he the, and he's and and it's funny because you see a side of Shigor in that. It's kind of it's almost playful. Like the the look that he gives the guy when he says when he says it he's like it's not just any other coin but it is you know the way he ends that thing the oh, look he gives he him it. is it's really good comic timing by Mister uh, Javier. Well, and I mean, his gigantic wide face. He's frightening in this and he's frightening in that scene. But when that guy guesses right and doesn't doesn't die, Bardem then he's like, hey, you know, like your lucky day. It's kind of like how don't he put it in your it. pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it's uh, your lucky quarter. Yeah, the scariest thing maybe his hairdo though throughout this whole <laughs> film. I mean, are we gonna? Yeah, we can talk. We can talk. We can talk about that. That's the his, elephant. His his hairdo is, uh, and we all know what it looks like. There was somebody. The input. There was a reason. There was an impetus for that. There's a they the Coens like some I guess a pic some some picture of somebody in prison or something. They saw this picture of somebody and they wanted him to have that hair. And you heard the story about Bardem's comment to them. I, yeah, why don't you say it though? He said, "I'm not going to get laid for six months." You know, you know, he's lying. <laughs> and they and they high fived. They, they rejoiced. <laughs> the Coens. Yeah. Apparently they did. Apparently they high fived. They high fived. Yeah, like we got, we nailed it. You know, that's, that's a lie though. Bardem is he's unstoppable. He's like a sex machine. He's, a, he's yeah, so like, cute, be, like beautiful. Such a uplifting film. Beautiful. Is it B I T? Well, I mean, it's the Spanish spelling. But it's spelled B I T, right? Yeah. Yeah. Zoom in. Maybe he was eating a bit of honey. I thought it was B I U. It is. Is B I U? Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Did you see that one? No, he's alive. He would have killed himself if he saw it. It's the most <laughs> depressing movie. I've, he- I've heard it's yeah, pretty I saw rough. The theater. I went to the is press screening of that. Is that his real hair? Is a is a the, they get a the, there's a little hair help in this. Is it, was there any hair help? No, it's his hair. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> you never use that hair again, though. Actually, he just wait, just wait. There could be a sequel to this if you think about it. I mean, they could I mean, revisit. They, they're doing him. a sequel to Big Lebowski. They could do a sequel to anything. I mean, in a way, they do that show Fargo. Uh, yeah. And so there, there are like, there are like, uh, th- sort of intimate. How do you say that? Like, it's intimate su- candy. Uh, cakes. You know, suggestions of his character in that show. It's not his character, but there are people that kind of portray a, a sugar-like character in that. Billy show. Bob certainly did. Yeah. And then he stopped. Hmm. Um. He did. There are so many great lines in this movie. I know. Yeah. And taken from the book, right? They didn't I'm really sure most it. of them are taken yeah. from the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. When I watched it this time, there were new ones that I love. I mean, we were talking about at the Getton Place. When she asked him where he got the gun. His wife. At the Getton Place. That's such an amazing Kelly McDonald line. plays his wife. Her she's, accent's great, by the way. She's. I think she's incredible in this. She's always good, but she's really good in this. And, and their relationship is really fun in this. Yes, like, it is. It's, it's sweet. How's it end? Not good <laughs> for either of them. Um, 
I'm sure there's some uh, people saying that there's some people on the internet saying that she is still alive. There's w- one moment that proves that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, l- he looks at it. He checks the bottom of his shoes when he's leaving to make sure there's no yeah. uh, Kelly on it. Yeah, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Co- she's the one person in the whole movie though that, well, she makes some kind of pause a little bit. No one else does, but she she kind of throws him at the end, which I think is interesting. She's the only optimist in the movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, Tommy I mean, Jones way, uh, is having that existential crisis. Throughout. Yeah, but she's the only one that like genuinely believes in good, and that she's you know she yeah. might talk her way out of it. I and think. Yeah, she doesn't. No, and her mom's <laughs> not good either. No. <laughs> yeah, we we don't we don't think about the mom because she goes to stay with her mom. But she they we see her se- her her cemetery scene. I previsioned it. What does she say? Something that lady's there? funny. She's great. She's yeah. really funny. What's her name? Beth something. She's dead. She's not in the movie. Yes. yes. She's super dead. She's yeah. proto-dead in this movie. She might be. Time will, or Age will flatten a man. I like that line, too. Tommy Lee Jones. So, when does he say that? Uh, it's uh, during a portion of the film. <laughs> Do you think he's world-weary in this? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Tommy Lee Jones is in a good place in his life at the, in the, at the moment that he crosses paths with uh, the mayhem of this film? I... I, I it's funny because the ending of the film is I know a lot of people when it came out they hated the ending they hated mm-hmm. the way it ended because it was so different you know you, you kill off your your protagonist the bad guy gets shot. what he wants he the gets bad the guy money. sort of wins and then Tommy Lee Jones has a, a little he just has a little speech at the end and apparently it's verbatim from the book yeah it's this but exact for some thing. reason in my memory it was a little bit more ex- like a little bit more vague and dreamy and it's not it's just a dream he's recounting two dreams he had That's it. and it's not as nearly as goofy or pretentious as people would two say. Two dreams, two blood trails. It's like very <laughs> echoey. Um, the ending is, I think, is very sad. Like the what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, it's very tied into the movie. But I you know, it could be interpreted in wrong. But the whole movie seems to be like, you know, th- that's nothing matters, that's coming. Well, that's <laughs> and you can't do anything Every book yeah. he's ever written <laughs> is You can't do anything awful. to stop it. Blood Meridian's not, not uplifting either. Uh, but that dream is like, it's it's like what he's, he's describing in a way a haunting dream but in a way a comforting dream and then the nightmare is that he wakes up from it because <laughs> then I woke up and that's what's sad and, well, the, the, the look the, on his face the when look he on says face, that line right. and then I woke up and then there's a pause and, and then, then he, credits it's like ooh that's yeah, that's, that's bad and, the, and then of course there's this, this subtle thing at the beginning of it where he's obviously he's retired now and he's trying to plan his day he's just trying to figure out he's, he's going to do something and he invites her she can't go mm-hmm. so he's basically setting himself up for a, a really lonely existence and she doesn't really do it you know, really make him feel any better about it she's nice though i like her she's great yeah. yeah um she's a good companion then she has horses zoomed in yeah <laughs> she's a horse she's got some dill hunt gets horses. to ride the choice one i know he does dill hunt great in this very he's got good. some fantastic lines sir i don't want to picture that <laughs> That's a great. So, what was that in relation to this? It's talking about something that he did to somebody. Must have been the one of the many murders that happened. <laughs> he was. There's one of the things where he's describing. He's describing the the drug deal gone bad, the crime scene, and he and he's saying what happened. And he goes, "These boys, these boys appear to be managerial. Uh, the guys no, that died later, yeah. sure killed." And then he says he's describing what happened. and He goes, "And uh, whoa, differences." Like, <laughs> yeah, like, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Everything he, I think a lot, all, almost all his lines in this are memorable. And then 
I thought he was in the in, in when I saw the movie the first time. I thought he played a dumb guy, and he's not that. He's dumb. not dumb. Yeah. Yeah. He was comic relief to an extent, but he's not dumb. No, he's actually he's actually pretty savvy. But you know, Tommy Lee Jones is he's the one that's been around the block. He, mm-hmm. His character he he's the one that's you know that 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 kind of has a handle on everything. That kind of knows the deal. And Garrett Hunt, Garrett Dillahunt, his character is. Like you said, he's he's a more of an optimist, right? Yeah. Like in yeah, a way, he, yeah. he, in a way, he's kind of the mm-hmm. the mirror image of of him, um, and he he's a little bit more innocent. But yeah, that, there's a scene where Timely Jones is talking about that hor- horrific newspaper item, like uh, the and that's what he says, sir. I don't want to picture that. Yeah. Yep. And he's talking about the people that <clears> tortured. <throat> that, yeah, and 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 Garrett Dillon laughs. Yeah. Because he's uncomfortable. Because it's awful. And Timely Jones is like, yeah. Sometimes you gotta laugh because it's. That's all you can do. Yeah, all you can do. Shortly after that is the uh, the scene where with the uh, AC the AC duct and the briefcase where Brolin. That is such an intense scene. I don't it remember. It's it's like a mouse trap the way that they filmed it's that. It's very systematic how they do the it whole. It is, but it's so they edited all together hand too in terms of uh-huh. who's where. So he yeah, you're talking about he push he puts he the pushes it into the money into yeah he, room and he yeah and he, he he pushes it to hide it. And then you're talking about later when he comes to retrieve it. No, when he. The when he talk, the first time. Talking about oh, when okay. he like makes the thing out of the hanger yeah, and like yeah. he's doing the whole yeah. rope on and the. And then when he uh-huh. goes back and he orders the second room and he gets sees the map of the place. Oh, it's amazing. It's the whole scene is amazing. And then when and then uh, and then uh, Mr. Shigor treats Beep. other people to a bad Beep. moment. The but guy, the guy in the shower. Well, yeah, I was gonna say is that is that the new? You think that's the new psycho? Yeah, the new, Jan- the new psycho. <laughs> yeah, you think that's better? The new, he looked like Janet Lee. Man, just it. and and that. And Tommy, that I like that when the sure came in there and he he closed it. He he closed the curtain and he put a woman's bathrobe on. <laughs> and the hair just like I missed that scene. Um, that what I like about that is that th- there's so many nice little touches in this. When, uh, you know, Sugar he he rents the room next to it, he next to them. He he any any. And he, and he, and he uh, goes in and he looks at the layout of the room. You don't know what he's doing at first. And he turns the light out, walks out, and turns it on real quick and, and looks around. And you realize that what he's doing is he's going to kill everybody in that room and he wants to know the layout, like where they're going to be, where they might be, what mm-hmm. it looks like before he goes in. It's like, it's so beautifully done. This whole movie is like that, you know. And yeah, they actually, there are some things that they do that they execute on screen that must have been logistical nightmares. Like, like imagine reading in a script. Um, He's uh, he's sitting on a on a on a bed, and the guy fires a, a lock through th- at him into his chest. Like the way that they film that that whole sequence, yeah. I mean, it's it, it comes off so effortless because it's them. But logistically, that must have been impossible. It's just so hard to figure out with lighting. The way that they lit it is insane. The way that they have that just series of events unfold, and then the idea of somebody shooting a lock bolt across a room <laughs> for the third time in the film. By the way, yeah. Yeah, they a keep setting it up. Yeah. in the wall, yeah. And then it doesn't take... It's funny because Tommy Lee Jones doesn't put a lot of it together until way later. And it almost seems like it doesn't register him about the cattle thing later on. Well, it starts dawning... When he's having a conversation with Carla Jean, uh, Brolin's wife, that it starts to dawn on him because he's telling the story and it starts to dawn on him the cattle connection. It's almost like he's ma- his mind is working... As the original title for the film. Cattle connection. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he does say something about... Cattle that was pretty great on this. I have to find it in my notes. There's so many. I, I wrote down so many lines from this that are just beautifully. Just I think I have a written. new favorite line yeah. in this movie. 
Which what's that? It's uttered. Okay, see if you can guess. Woody Harrelson says it. Woody Harrelson says mm-hmm. it. Does he say it to Brolin or Sugar? Neither. Neither. Is it the phone? Oh, conversation? to Stephen Root. Oh. I counted all the floors in the. What you struck me as a man who wouldn't want to waste a chair. <laughs> yeah, because he says that I say that I say you could sit down. And he says you <laughs> strike me as a man who wouldn't want to waste a chair. It's so great. It's so <laughs> fucking. That's the two bigger cocks you will not find in that scene. <laughs> I love that's. I, it's so funny because you think about. I mean, obviously everybody's those. You mentioned Woody earlier. Mm-hmm. Woody is one of the best actors we have in the world. Oh, he's and amazing, he's, and he's great in everything. And he's the, he's like one of, he's like maybe third or fourth, like the one you think of when you think of this movie. Yeah, it's, well, he's not in a lot of it. He but he is insanely iconic in this he, movie. Yeah, his and scenes are, he, he steals every scene he's in. Enters in late, exits early. <laughs> uh, also smarter than Brolin in this movie. Like, he, he, he pieces shit together, he just... He, yeah, that's that's what I think is so interesting is, is that it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter how smart Brolin is; he's not going to escape his fate. And it doesn't matter how smart Harrelson's character is. As soon as he crosses paths with Sugar, he gets on his radar. I love how anybody. Sugar, I like how yep. Sugar doesn't even try to hide it when he's following up the stairs. He's just like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to your yeah. room, Wayne Grow. You assume with the Grim Reaper." And the whole thing of when he he's at the end of yeah at the gun and he's sweating it out. He's like sweating. And he's like, you don't have to do this. And Same thing everybody says when so they're in great. that position. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we've all been there. And, he, and Harrelson's so good in that. Like he's scary, but he's he's trying to be cool. He's trying to laugh a little bit, trying to get out of it. It's it's a great performance. Although you see the look over his face when he, you know, oh yeah, this, this hope this hope is draining out of his though, eyes. As he knows it's over. Um, do you remember what Stephen Root calls the fracas in the uh, desert? Remember what he calls that whole situation? Uh-uh. A colossal goat fuck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Stephen Root had never been bad in like anything. Always good. Yep. What do you guys what do you think? Stephen Root, you, are you a big fan? Yeah. Oh, you have to say it like you mean it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. He's okay. What about when Sugar uh shoots at a bird and misses? <laughs> and he's like crossing that bridge and there's a little crow or something on the bridge and he sticks his gun out the window and takes a shot at it. Do you remember this? No, I don't. And it mi- and he misses and the bird flies kind of in front of the camera as the car goes over the bridge. Shagor? Yeah. I don't I miss that. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't remember that either. Takes a pot shot at a bird and misses. The bird lives. <laughs> One of his intended victims. It's Randall Flag. So this Ooh. is actually unofficial stand tie-in. Um uh, what, okay, so we we kind of skipped around a lot, but the at the beginning whenever he goes to Brolin's trailer and uh, Shagor and they're cleared out. And he's kind of he drinks some milk there. He opens the <laughs> fridge. It's just great. He looks in the room, and they get these horrible like orange bed sheets. Like it's just I love like, the little reflection of him in the TV screen. Of course. Too. <laughs> uh, but then he goes to like uh, you know the trailer park office building, a little brown wall. That's Andrea's brown wall, and um, a little personalized brown wall. And uh, there's a like a woman that works in the office, and he's asking so questions. And she has got no time for him, and she's annoyed by him. And it is so it's so funny because we've seen how terrifying he is, and he's hit like this. Admin- and it, a lot of this, the, a lot of moments in this movie are, are people on just mundane kind of boring. The jobs. nicest people, the nice people, the doing nice their jobs. Old, the guys, the yep. two guys that he meets on the highway are so sweet. Yeah, and, and he kills them. Yeah, he does not. The, the the guy that works at the hotel that the they supposed to yeah. call up you know, Brolin hands like a hundred dollar bill anyway so she says to him he died rich <laughs> she says to him 
he's like, where does where you know where where do they go or what what do he asks her like where where are they where do they work or where do, where do they work and she said like, I can't tell you that sir and he says it again because he can't believe that he's so intimidated that no one would an- someone would answer and he asks again and she goes did you not hear me <laughs> <laughs> like sasses him it's so great. And I think the cruelest thing Shigeru does in this movie is make that guy take the chicken crates out of his truck before getting killed. Before killing him. And that guy's... Yeah, it's pretty rough. That guy's so nice. He's being so friendly, and he's like, small well, talk. he's like... That's how he starts every sentence, because mm-hmm. he's really trying to think hard about where the airport... Well? Uh, so so many little... like th- uh, This movie is just packed to the gills with those little tiny things. Mm-hmm. That's why it's perfect for zooming in. <laughs> Boy, you missed the bird getting almost shot. Okay, what about this? That's a big moment. What about this? That's Wendy, on the poster. Uh, when he goes to the to the <laughs> to the store to buy boots, Brolin, and he says, "He says the rest." He says, "Do you?" No, well, this is the first time. He oh, goes, yeah. "Do you guys sell socks?" And the guy goes, "Just white." That's the only kind I wear. <laughs> <laughs> just white, and that's true. He's but people are busting the biggest white socks in this movie. There's a lot of sock. It's the 80s. A lot of socks in this movie. Sugar takes off his socks after he kills his guys and throws them. He's He kills them in socks, mm-hmm. takes off his boots, and then he throws the socks away, and thus earning him a place on WikiFeet. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about. Are they gold toes? <laughs> I don't know what that is. And then uh, the, one of the dogs' name was Socks. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I never thought, what are the dogs' names? I never thought of that. That's how callous I am. Um... <laughs> All right, so then there's that like there's a converse, confrontation between Brolin and Sugar in, in this hotel. So you, um, you talked about Cracker Jacks. You think that's your favorite scene it's, in this? I, yeah, I would want to resurrect Alfred Hitchcock, clean him up a little bit, sit him down in front of that scene, let him watch it, see what he thinks. Yeah, because I think just the it's a masterclass attention. It really is, and then the whole. The, I mean, you think about it's it's not one take, but it's it's it feels very it feels like it's linear. From the part where he he, he finds the tracky tracky those are, those those are called tracky <laughs> finds the tracky uh, realizes that he, he's on to him tries to call downstairs that doesn't go well Look, he he, ha- he has the lights on mm. he turns the lights off looks under the door makes the mistake of not having cocked his gun previously yeah. footsteps outside walks away then sugar turns the lights off door bo- <laughs> the bolt flies across from him hits him in the tummy mm-hmm. thumb. Or the head, or whatever. Chest, yeah. Jumps out the window, and then there's that split second where Shigor shoots right as he's falling down. It's a great shot. Mm-hmm. And then he gets on the ground, gets hurt on the ground, runs, and then he almost gets shot. Well, he does get shot as he's rounding the corner. And then it doesn't his, look like he gets shot, but he does. Yeah, and then, yeah. It, and then you then you have the moment where he, he makes he ruins a, a driver's day. Uh-huh. That guy doesn't enjoy was his it? moment. No, that was pretty bad. Yeah, and then the, the car crash. Then he gets a little piece of Shigor, and then Shigor gets away. Like that whole sequ- that whole sequence is probably the showpiece of the film. It's great, yeah, and it's uh, um, it, it leads to um, self care for both of them. So they're both shot. Nobody, nobody does up. better self care than Bardem in this movie. So that's what I'm talking about. So Bardem gets shot <laughs> in the leg uh, by Brolin. Somehow gets in a the piece thigh. of thigh. Yeah, and it's pretty bad. And so there's a whole there's a lot of time devoted to him fixing himself up, and and because yeah, he goes to the, uh, the crazy the, distraction the pharmacy, yeah, yeah, it blows up a car in front of the pharmacy so he can raid the pharmacy, limping in the whole time, so and funny. it looks super painful what he's doing, like he, the way he is 
the way he is tending to his wounds, it looks so painful. But did, what did it remind you of? I'll give you one chance. There's a, there's a lot of movies with that Predator. Shit. <laughs> Remember when the Predator gets hurt and takes care of himself? <laughs> this is a tribute to that. It has to be. Except he, except the whenever Bardem does the the pain, the whatever sticks the whatever he does, the shots in, is like he doesn't do the Predator scream. He should have. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Predator. Does the Born Identity have a self-care sequence? Where it has to have. There's one that I remember where there's somebody holding a mirror and they're doing it to themselves and it's brutal. It's like do it to themselves. Yeah, they're they're holding I a mirror up while they do the patch themselves. It's really rough. Yeah, might be rescuers down under. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that scene. I mean, is there a better scene? Is there a better? I mean, what is, what is your favorite scene in the movie? My favorite scene is the interaction between Javier Bardem and uh, Woody Harrelson. Definitely. In the hotel room. And then he gets the phone call, and you see that shot where he, his, the blood's getting close to his boots. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And he, and he picks, picks him boot. up. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's probably my yeah, they, favorite scene. They the, said that the Bardem doesn't like to get blood blood on him in this, as well, and that's true. Like, he doesn't like to get – he throws the socks away. He lifts his feet up. Yeah, it's He's checking the soles of his shoes. Up. Yeah, he's he's got a little aversion to blood somehow. The curtain. The curtain. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. another one. The Janet Lee sequence, and he even turns. Uh, doesn't he even turn away when he shoots that guy in the shower? Because yeah, when, when yeah. I think he like turns his head, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. I, I think he does. I yeah. think he pulls the curtain over him and then turns yeah, his so, head and pulls the trigger. He's like so he cold in this. And the and the cattle thing is sort of a bloodless weapon, if you think about it. And yeah, it's very personal, but it's a mm-hmm. it's less blo- less messy than a gun. Although he does. The the opening scene rips the juggler up at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was incarcerated. He had to. He do had something. to. He had no choice. Uh, did he? I like it how it's kind of like Jonah Hill and uh, Superbad, you know, when he's having the daydream sequence and he's like, I had no other choice. <laughs> and then he's, and then the lady slits his th- or whatever slits his throat. I and forgot all about that. It's it's very similar to that. <laughs> I feel a lot of people say that. <laughs> exactly what I thought. Of. Um, I like how the cop is on the phone at the beginning. Mm. Like, oh, it's, everything's fine here. I said, all right. See, and instantly later, he's everybody's dead. having these like mundane conversations. That he's yeah, he's everybody's in over their heads like big time. Did you stay after the credits? Mm-mm. It's amazing. There's a shot. The Grim Reaper pays Anton like a hefty sum for the great work he's been doing. <laughs> People think he's the Grim Reaper in this. What do you think? That's stupid. Like See, the like the literal Grim Reaper? They think he's the angel of death. I mean, he's a force. He's a force of nature for they sure. They certainly paint him like that a little bit. I mean, he looks like death. The Grim Reaper has way better hair. He's <laughs> <laughs> got. A, is that even '80s hair? I don't know. Yeah, it does, he looks. Uh, he looks otherworldly in this, for sure. I'd say sure, but I think every Cormac McCarthy book, source, any kind of source, has a, a grim reaper, reaper mm-hmm. character to it. The road is the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> that movie is just, or the book, is just sad. I forgot how it ends. The book, the the movie, or the book. Which one? The road. Um, His dad dies. Yeah, Vigo dies. And then the other group takes it's care of his Guy kid. Pierce. Yeah, when they're so on the when they're on the ocean and everything's still gray. Wait, Vigo ended up playing that. Vigo's in it. Yeah. He the, the thing is like the who book was originally going to play that. Remember, there was was it the longest time there was somebody that they said was going to star in the road. I think it was D. Snyder. <laughs> is that is that true? And they went for Vigo <laughs> instead. Second choice. <laughs> You're right. Um, uh, no, Drew Carey. I think it was Drew Carey. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it might have been Drew Carey. No, they. Uh, was it skinny Drew Carey? <laughs> That's the only one left. <laughs> they, uh, the ending of The Road is actually op- it's a little bit optimistic for Cormac McCarthy because his Vigo's whole goal 
is to try to get his kids to safety sort of at least somebody that's not like a cannibal and manages it right before he dies right yeah or at least he and I, I think I think I think the goal is to get to the ocean in particular, right. if I recall correctly. He's just trying to get him to Cody Smith McPhee, mm-hmm. one guy. of the best. Yeah, one of the best. Actors. Yeah. And didn't he write the Rover, which was another uplift? Not McCarthy. I think he wrote the script. No, but he wrote the Counselor. Great. The counselor's awesome. Very underrated. I agree. The, the director's got in particular. Oh yeah. I have not it's, seen it. It's sick. Michael Fosbender, leading man. No, he's not. We have that's another argument we have. Is I don't <laughs> think he's a leading man. I think um, he is a leading man, but the box office has not proved that point. I think he's 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 talented enough to be a leading man. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he has. He's, you, he's you've never seen the delight that is Assassin's Creed, though. So when you I get have, back, get back I actually to did me, not dislike that movie. Get back to me when you've seen it. I did not dislike it. Whenever you watch that one, get back to me. <laughs> what did you guys think of uh, the shot of uh, nude Javier Bardem on the toilet? Calendar worthy. <laughs> at least at least all twelve pages. What do you think? I mean, I I got hard. Big beef, and He's then all, he, it, and then the next it, shot is he turns the TV off. Yeah, I don't know why. You don't like the TV? He likes to see himself in the reflection, like you said, but he doesn't <laughs> like it on. Christ. That's so messed up. That's how you know he's not of this earth, is because he turns the TV off. And you I know what's al- another cruel uh, uh, psycho? I don't know if this is Cohen. I guess it's more Cohen than it is uh, mm-hmm. our, our Cormac, but. Uh, I think it may be the only time we see Brolin smiling in the movie. What do you mean? The only time we ever see him smiling in this movie. When he's with his wife, Carla Jean. Nope. Like where, he's, where he looks... There's only one moment in the movie where he looks happy. Um, is, is it when he gets the jacket? <laughs> it's right... It's the last time we see him. It's right when she's oh, with the he's beer. Oh, he's smiling. He actually delivers... Like if, if you look at that scene divorced from the rest of the movie... It's a romantic comedy. It's done. It's in bright light. He looks happy. There's no darkness permeating everything. And how's that go? He, it, Last thing we see is him super thrilled. That scene is him at his dumbest. Then that's right. Whenever he like got gruff with Javier or the sugar, and he's like, "Oh, I'll find you." Like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. I'm yeah. coming. Yeah. And how'd that work? <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> How do you do? I this can't This whole tell. film is a bunch of people not getting what they want. The only person, the only person that gets what they want is Ann, yeah. Ann Sugar. And even Tommy Lee Jones, who survives, um, and almost dies. It looks like he almost dies, right? Like at the hotel. But that's a tense scene too. I forgot about that moment. I don't. I, don't I thought. I, I thought when when I watched it the first time that Javier Bardem was going to kill him. Well, they showed that shot of him like waiting. Yeah, he's basically he's like waiting. On what and made you think that he adjacent, might die? He's in, the, <laughs> he's in the adjacent room, right? He is, yeah. yeah. Apparently, um, and and there's that moment where Tommy Lee Jones is trying to get the nerve to do it, which I thought was really cool. Like he's, to go in, yeah, he does not have the nerve to do it, and then he finally does. And and there's that shot of his silhouette in the room, like looming over the room, and I just was waiting, just like you were, for him to leave. Oh yeah, but I, I like. The, I think it has a, the leading up to that scene is that like right before he goes in that door has the most poetic line. I think. Okay. I'm too old for this shit, and he kicks open the door. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 you didn't think that was that's pure Cormac. <laughs> and then there's that scene with Barry Corbin. That's like that might be my which is scene. the it's the definition of an extraneous scene really it doesn't it so need good. to be there by any stretch but when but they also had an obligation uh, I don't know if you know there's an equality law where they were filming you can't have 
that many dogs without having that many cats in a film. So. <laughs> <laughs> some were strays and some uh, and were outlaws. One of the cats gets out, and it's obvious that it wasn't supposed to happen because Tommy Lee Jones tries to keep it from leaving. It's Does obviously, it? yeah, it's obviously improv. The cat improv that scene. <laughs> but he, but the Barry Corbin calls the, one of the cats strays. Some are half strays, and then some of them are out. He calls them outlaws. Yeah, which is great. But you know that whole scene is about how this violence You're or whatever is happening. I guess that he talks about all this, you know, back this violence it was committed against him. The guy that had shot him, but died in prison. Yeah, and he didn't have any feeling about it. And then he's talking about his grandfather that was murdered on his porch in nineteen oh nineteen odd eight or yeah, something. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's. But the, he's that guy is so fantastic in that just small little scene. And I only remember mm-hmm. him from War Games and from one Chevy Chase movie. Barry Corbin. Still alive, though. I checked. I, made, I checked to make sure he's okay. He should have got They olded work. him up. They olded him for the movie. He's not that old. Really? Yeah. They old? They olded him. That's what it says on IMDb. He's got to be. <laughs> they olded him for this movie. <laughs> he's got to be old. He's, he's old. He's got to be older than Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones, man. You think he uses uh, moisturizer? <laughs> It just was. I think he rubs just like punishing salts onto his face every morning. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's a hardened that's a that's a wind blown face. I Tom, guess. Tommy, you're, you're you're that's a disservice to wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, he goes like he, go, he 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 headbutts tornadoes every morning. Looks like a Tommy. <laughs> Doesn't he? Here's how good of an actor he is. He's likable in movies. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he's so cranky, like in real life. Like, apparently, he is just famous for being like just a a cranky person. Like, I've heard that. And he still goes by Tommy. You know, he never demands anybody call him Tom or Thomas. Nope. He's good by Tom. He's good with Tommy. Tommy Lee. You think he goes by Tommy Lee? I bet he does. Yeah. Harvard grad. He also drums for Mot- uh, Motley Crue. Different right? guy. Same guy. <laughs> Same guy. Right? Harvard grad. Is he a Harvard grad? Harvard or Yale? One of the two. Really? Wow. He was somebody's roommate. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but he was somebody famous's roommate. Can you imagine cool. if he had Tommy Lee Jones as your roommate? Is it Al Gore? Maybe. I bet he was dividing up that room, put one of those tape lines down the middle, and <laughs> this is Tommy's side. All right, calm down. I won't go over there. Yeah. The fridge is on that side, though. It's like, just, mm-hmm. yeah. Poor Tommy Lee. He's still working, though. Yeah. You think they digitally de-age him for his films these days? He looks about 160, I'd say, in his films. I, I They de-aged him in... Uh, actually, no, the guy they, they cast to play him as young Tommy Lee in Space Cowboys was a good match. Was he? And then, of course, let's zoom in. Who played who played young him in Josh Men in Black? Brolin. Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin, yeah. The guy that they cast as a young Tommy Lee in... Was it Space Cowboys? Yeah. Was he 70? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been around the block. Yeah. He's great. A few times. Gravity is working its way. His ears are huge. Also, I bet you he could kick all of our asses still. Of course. I would get I wouldn't even be able to get a word in. He'd probably be berating me. I'd be like trying I'd to have him crying. sign my Bad Mood Rising T shirt. Do you ever see that movie? Yeah. Is that any good? Is it Black Moon Rising or Bad, Bad Moon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a killer car? Maybe. Yeah. There was a what was I just uh, there was a Tommy Lee Jones um, oh we were talking about the three burials of Melchiades Estrada mm. which he directed I think yeah did he and that's a movie where he walks around with a puppet how do you think he directs is it to the point is he blunt there's that whole Oscars meme where he was not smiling 
somebody was making a joke about him, and I forgot who it was. It's hard for him to smile. Letterman, I don't know who it was. No, it was somebody, and he made the, he was the maddest guy in the world. <laughs> you right. mind if I give a little bit of gossip sure. about Tommy Lee? Addicted to plastic surgery. <laughs> 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 you not tell? <laughs> um, he always remembers his lines. Yeah? Yeah. Every time he looks in the mirror. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, he does. I do believe in this movie that he's retiring. That's a believable. Yeah. That's a believable grace note for this uh, tale. So, did you hear about that 12 hour movie where the blind lady reads his face? (laughs) (laughs) He's in the house, the star of the house bunny. Jesus is that right? I, I don't know. No, it's not. That's not the House Bunny. He was in another movie that was similar to the House Bunny, because that's an Anna Ferris movie. But he was in a movie where he was like a policeman, and he had a like. Um, There's like a into the electric girls. mist. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what is that I one? I can't called? remember that movie. Tommy Lee, cranky on set, apparently. I never interviewed him. Man. That would have been a great, a great moment for me. He wouldn't have put up because great. Uh, if Morgan Freeman's gonna be a dick, can you imagine what he would do to me? Kill me. Um, play t- there was a someone tried to zoom in on IMDb that uh, Anton Sugar has a coin that he flips in this, and then Tommy Lee played Two Face, and he's famous for Two Face and Batman's famous for his coin flipping, and they said that was their their connection. What? How do you guys feel about that? I don't. Eh, I don't. It's a little off. Didn't Tommy Lee Jones' Two Face use like a dollar bill coin? I think he just used a dollar coin. bill. A, 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 like dollar, a dollar coin? <laughs> he just flipped a dollar, dollar bill, paper dollar <laughs> bill. He's like, I'm going to do this with a, just a single. <laughs> he did it with Bitcoin, which is a weird. Bi- a Bitcoin. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> Very abstract. I wonder if everybody's ever talked about Bitcoin to Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah, sometimes check to see if it's real. Everything he says in this is amazing. Every line he says, I think, is great. So, and he's Even the little interaction with his secretary girl at the police station. Mm-hmm. Woman. <laughs> she's not young. She's not young. She's um, post menopause, big time. You could see it. You could uh, see your menopause on the table. <laughs> 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 let me see here. Let's let me let me t- let me try to bring up a, a Tommy Tommy Lee line that I liked. Um, There's nothing better than. He says that the the, 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 the original drug dealer says there appears to have been a glitch or two. Yeah, well, that's what he says. Well, this just a deal gone wrong. With Gillahunt, <laughs> Dillahunt says Gillahunt. 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 Oh, and then they creatures when, in the Black Lagoon. When they arrive after Sugar has been at the at Brolin's trailer, and then they they arrive there and they see that the milk's been out. Somebody uh, drinks some. He Tommy Lee drinks some of the milk. So they, but he, but he they he realizes they just missed they just missed Electric the mist? people that were there. I don't know, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Dill Dil Hunt suggests that they put an APB out, and he goes, "What are we gonna do? Put an APB out for a man that just drank milk?" <laughs> <laughs> that Reese has recently drunk milk. It's great. Um, Honestly, a film of if they did, if they had like a, a TV show with just that police department, I, it would be watchable as hell. Him and Dillahunt and all that just. Smart ass in their way across the prairie. <laughs> so so much fun. You think that um 
Tommy Lee would be up for that? A mini series <laughs> based <laughs> off of this movie? Wasn't he on Lonesome Dove? I think he'd Dove? just straight up take the sitcom. He was he on Lonesome Dove. Yeah. I think Barry Corbin was too. There you go. Zoom in. You know why they call it Lonesome Dove? It asked Tommy for its autograph. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, bet, I wonder if he is. In the, maybe, he, maybe he just has a resting bitch face or whatever is what they call. <laughs> and he's actually a really sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. I've heard he's just real private. Yeah? He has yeah. a resting image. I've heard face. he's just a very private person. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what, you could be private and not be a dick, though. <laughs> this is true, but I, I don't know. Maybe he's kind of a diva. Yeah? Yeah, maybe he's a private diva. The thing was, and, and he was, he's been in Hollywood forever, but he wasn't a you don't name. Say. He wasn't a name brand until late in his career. So you think a guy that toiled for so long as a working actor would have respect and appreciation. You know, you look at somebody like Nick Nolte, who's just a charmer. <laughs> Well, I heard Harrison Ford's getting pretty curmudgeon-y in his old uh, He old wasn't nice to start with, yeah. Do He's th- always been a water, a water weird. Really? Yeah. So, do you think that... Do you think that... Um, I don't know this, and this is just a question I'll ask you guys to speculate on. Do you think that Tommy Lee will show up on the Mandalorian TV show on <laughs> Disney Plus? I mean, if Nolte's on there... Nolte is on there. Maybe they want to get everybody that's cranky. <laughs> what, is the, what is the most lighthearted we've ever seen Tommy Lee Jones? But I mentioned that one, but I don't know the name of it. It has to be, but he still plays an asshole. No, it's, it's probably uh, he, under siege. He's funny in that. Mm-hmm, he's funny. That's, that's lighthearted. He gets stabbed in the top of the head. He does. And then there's that movie with uh, Meryl Streep and Steve Carell that came out a couple years ago, where they where Steve Carell was their sex therapist. Oh, I don't remember yeah, this. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I forgot he was a fuck. Y- yeah, him and Meryl Streep were like going to Steve Carell's sex therapy. Had like a getaway in like Vermont or something. Burt Wonderstone? <laughs> no, it's it's cu- not couples retreat. It's love something. I want to say love. It's called like actually, old puss. That's not right. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- those two are my picks. Under siege. He and spends then most of his time like away from Hollywood. He has a ranch. You know, he, he has he has steer and all that shit. He's, he he's ever like, done any, he's, he works with his hands. Has he ever done any voiceover? I feel yeah. like he's done voiceover all the time. I think he does like uh, Teen Titans that show. <laughs> I think he's all over the cartoons. Tommy he's Lee. the voice of Jack in the Box on the cartoons, the commercials. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he has a vineyard. He's gonna do that. He he's next in line to play the Colonel Sanders and get under that <laughs> makeup. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was Rick Baumgartner. <laughs> nice. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, but he he's very charming in uh in that movie. That one that I've already forgotten. Oh, uh what's one you mentioned where he's charming? Under siege. Under siege. Yeah. So he gets his he gets so puppet head stabbed. He does that. get that's a memorable death, actually. It's a great death. When he's eating that ham, you know, and he's holding it up against and his it, face and that well uh, that, that's the scene that sold Under me. Siege is amazing. It's a great movie. And it has the amazing ability to to make Tommy Lee Jones a goofball in the leather jacket, doing all his little song and dance, and, and a Gary Busey cross dresses. That's that it. That's right. And it's set on a sub. Yeah. My yeah. favorite mo- this line from that movie. This is off top. Is get my pies out of the oven. That's right. That is that he's is locked a, up and he's trying to get that guy who killed gets killed in the second yep. film to get his pies out of the oven. Get my pies out of the oven. I'm just a cook. I also cook. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene at that's, that's the best Seagal movie. I mean, that's a that's a very good movie. How dare. How dare, how dare you? <laughs> Which one? There's so doing? many to pick from. Yeah. You, you can't just say it that quickly. He's got so many good ones. He's like Tommy. He's he's also a dick. Oh, small soldiers. 
He's charming in Small Soldiers, his little major chip hazard. That's another good one. <laughs> you remember his name? Expect no mercy. His <laughs> eyeball pops Joe out. Joe Dante? Wait, the, the, Dante? The toy. Yeah. The toy. Um, there's a scene at the end after Brolin is is a, is a wasted, destroyed, uh, blown off the earth, <laughs> but maybe still alive according to him. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, he visits like a, a maybe a sheriff in town. They are at a restaurant. And the guy is like talking about how awful things are these days, yeah. and how the, ki- the kids in his town have like green hair, and he, he, he yeah. would never. But he has this line where he says, "It's the dismal tide," which I think is a great line. That could have been the name of the movie. I know, but it, and so he starts talking. He's very poetic, and then he's he's trying to. He's like, "I can't figure, you know, this guy that's this, this, that that you cross paths with the sugar. He's just, there's no words for him." And Tommy Lee Jones goes. He's got some hard bark on him. I love that line, but <laughs> I thought they bark. I thought they capped that scene well when they when they try to win the stuffed penguin out of the machine together. <laughs> <laughs> but I like whenever he says he got some hard bark on him, and the guy goes, "Well, that doesn't quite say it." Like he's like, "That's not good. It's not good enough. It's not right." But that's uh, a great. That that's great some, that's some tough bacon. That's so Cormac. <laughs> some hard bark on him. Um, it's it, those little like the little lines of dialogue. You could watch this movie as a comedy almost. What does he say? What, what does the kid say to him? Uh, a bone sticking out. Of his yeah, arm? yeah, yeah. Is that what he says? Is that a bone sticking out your arm or something and then like he, that? He affirms that's a fucking bone. Ca- <laughs> <later on. laughs> that fucking bone. Yeah. So there's at the end when he goes after everything's said and done. You think he gets sideswiped. I think the movie's over. And then, uh, and then uh, Kelly McDonald goes home. She yeah. After her mother's funeral, she has a guest. She has a guest. And uh, that's whenever she throws him off because he asks her, she talks him, basically talks him into the coin. He's going to kill her, and she yeah. knows it. And he, she basically talks him into a coin flip. He wasn't going to do it, and so he, he's like, "Okay, you pick a pick a side," mm-hmm. and she won't, and that throws him off. It's like almost like never happened before. You could tell it like messes him up, and so that's when they kind of they cut the scene, and and that's why he's distracted when he gets hit by the car because he's kind of daydreaming so? a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. Sees the kids in his rearview mirror, mm-hmm. and then he's mm-hmm. sort of daydreaming, and then the car destroys. And bam. I love that scene where, where the two kids on the bike later on, they go see Tommy Lee Jones. And he's like, are you got, are you, are you Cabal and Nightbreed after the transformation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks, he looks so fucked up in that. You know, it would have been great if someone did like a, a, like a, you know how they do those internet cuts? Like the internet, like I, I'm going to cut this movie make it better um if they did he is in a car wreck and he puts his arm in a sling and then they just cut to the scenes in the hotel room where he's patching himself up again <laughs> <laughs> same scenes <laughs> or or he, I, I like when he, and he's got he's got tommy lee jones signing the cast you know <laughs> <laughs> that arm it, that's a hard that, as painful as everything it is in this movie that this, i disagree that scene when he's 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 lifting his arm into the sling it there's something about it i well i broke an arm before it have you ever done that i've broken serious shit you broke a well you broke a hand before I right i broke a hand i broken i fractured my skull oh well yeah you fresh your what broke bread with my enemies fracture your skull fracture the shit out of my skull oh uh i was in 10th grade it was uh, basketball practice okay i was going to get a ball Deadly friend rehearsal. A kid went up to do a layup, and his knee crashed into my head. Knocked me out. Jeez. And I was down for an undisclosed amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then I I got up, and everybody was like, you know. And the coach asked me a couple questions. I answered them, and and, and he sent me to the 
I walked to the nurse's office, and by the time um, my they got a hold of my parents, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who they were. And so I went to the hospital, and then the next day, I didn't know who anybody was. So, like, my yeah, dad... Yeah, amnesia. No, I had a concussion yeah. and a fractured skull and uh, swelling of the brain and all that shit. And uh, my dad came in the room. I thought his name was Strawbag. And then I, my aunt wrote... My, my aunt... Uh, what? Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Uh, he asked. He has. Uh, he asked what his glasses were, and I said they're called Fleebles. And then uh, my aunt Roseanne came, and I said her name's Racine. So they were asking me these questions, and they said, "What's your birthday?" I said July third. And they go, "What year?" I go, "Every year." <laughs> <laughs> so they knew I was still a dick. So you're still funny, even when every year. It like, wasn't intentionally. Yeah, and it took it took a few days. I mean, it was kind of scary. Well, sorry, I never recovered. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have any like? Daydreams? This happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. While I was like, while I was down, uh, it was fucking weird. Michael, uh, the guy from Break from Breaking Bad, would have sex with me in my in my in my coma bed. <laughs> Who? Oh, you from? Yeah, he's from Kill, uh, Bill. Kill Bill. But he is in Breaking Bad. You're right. Yeah. Nice. Michael Bowen. Uh, Michael Emerson. No, Bowen. That's, that's Michael Emerson's from Lost Boys. Yeah, and Lost. No, Michael Emerson's from Lost. But it's also full name of Michael from Lost Boys. At isn't one point, Kiefer goes, Michael Emerson. Isn't like, that the name of the actor from Lost? Maybe. That'd Michael be Emerson? Weird. The play, who played the main villain guy? The short guy. It's also a person of interest. Oh, the Jim one that Caviezel. looks like a bug? He kind of <laughs> looks like a bug. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess he does look like he a He was bug. in person of interest with uh, Jim Caviezel. That guy? Yeah, he looks, like a, he, he looks like a fly, like straight up. His eyes are Wait, What do you think of Jim Caviezel? You like him? I like Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I think he's really good. You think his what about his, do you think he's got good range? Somewhat. You're being set up. He doesn't. I, I think he has the least charisma of anybody I've ever seen. I like I, I like him though as a People especially like as a, ba- like a bad guy. I've never I watched like the him show. in Monte Cristo and Frequency, he's great. I liked him in uh <laughs> um what's the one that uh, Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger did a couple years ago? The Passion. <laughs> the uh, escape plan. Escape plan. Yeah. I liked him as the bad so guy. I don't, remember, in escape I don't plan. remember him in that. He was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Schwarzenegger Honestly, was great in that movie. He was great when he's screaming in German, sweating really bad. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. I, I thought that was watch pretty the movie sick. Like six more times. But I liked I liked Jim Caviezel in that, and I liked him in uh, that movie with Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman. Double Jeopardy. No, when he plays Catch. Angel Eyes. No, it's not, it's not Angel Eyes. No, no, no. You know? uh, Double Jeopardy is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, liked him I, in that, but that's pretty much all. That's right. It's Jennifer Lopez, actually. Who else? Who's the man in it? Morgan Freeman. Okay. Is it double? Is that right? I think I'm right. Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman were in Kiss the Girls too together. And it's not Kiss the Girls. I know that. Yeah. And uh, and a girl who was in my one of my student films was in Kiss the Girls. Yeah, she played one of the victims. Yep. Oh. One of the beautiful girls. Um, and then Tommy Lee Jones was in Rules of Engagement. With uh, Sam Jackson and the hunted with Benicio del Toro, right? Oh, is Tommy Lee in that? He's the yes, guy. Yes, he's, he's the, the other he's guy. The, he's, he's the other dude. He's got a big beard in the beginning. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, there's that dog. You know what? That guy. I, it doesn't bother me at all that he's a dick. Who? He's so good. It's Tommy. He might not be a dick. He's an he's an awful person. But uh, he is <laughs> so good, and he's amazing in this movie. Who do you think is the best in this movie? Who, if you had to pick one, who do you think is the best performance? What's the best performance? The easy one is to say uh, Bardem. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I, th- I don't think it is Woody. anymore. Woody is great. I mean, but I'm a sucker for I Woody. Think it's Tommy Lee. I think Tommy Lee for a character with 
you know, some adequate screen you time. You think about that, they each have very different jobs. Like, Brolin actually, he has to do a lot of physical stuff. He has to mm-hmm. be your tour guide through the movie. So he does a lot of, he's doing King's Quest in some respect. He's, you know, he's getting things, putting them in his inventory. He's walking around clicking on things and highlighting. So he's kind of your tour guide for mm-hmm. it. So it's thankless work for an actor mm-hmm. in a lot of respects, but he's great. Tommy Lee Jones does a lot of talking. He kind of, he explains the themes of the movie to the audience. Mm-hmm. And Bardem just does cool shit. None of those for me. Those are all shit. I like the guy. That you looks like the like, dog, right? I like the guy that looks like Eric Stoltz in the scene with <laughs> Stephen Root. Yeah, the guy, the, the yeah. scared guy in the office mm-hmm. building. That's. I think he's the one that maybe turns in the best performance. The sassy lady's all sassy lady number one. And western gear, western gear salesman is he's fantastic. Good. He's yeah. in there a couple of times. <laughs> looks like an astronaut to me. <laughs> That's how I picture an astronaut looking. Says anybody, Brolin says, anybody ever come in here with no clothes on? And he goes, it's unusual. <laughs> <laughs> I just like when he comes in there and he, and, and he, and he after the Mexico adventure, and he, he bought the boots before because now I need to rest because he's wearing like a robe or some shit. He's wearing a hospital. Yeah, gear. he's had a hospital gown. And, they, and he wearing hospital gear and his cowboy boots. And <laughs> he walks in and the guy goes, how's those boots treating you? Like he's just all happy about it. Yeah. You you have some, you're, you're in the, uh, you, you're, you're Customer a manager. service. Yeah, but yes. you're a manager of a. Yes. Is, does this, did any of those parts ring true when a customer came in in a hospital gown? Oh, all the boots? time. Yeah. Yeah, but for, to you? but but for me, I think the most disturbing one was uh, the time I had a kid molting in my store. <laughs> kid <laughs> molting. Molting. Yeah, you know, when birds they shed their feathers like a like a snake sheds skin. He was doing that. Yeah, in my store. What is how how? What you is met he? the beast within. Yeah. Was he uh, no so heavily the, sunburnt or something? No, he. Uh, he came in with one of those big blue, frilly, feathery necklace things. I don't know what you call them. Scarf? Lay? Yeah, a lay. A lay? Yeah, he came in with a lay that was like down past mm-hmm. his knees, and it was like this really rich blue color. Barton, Barton and uh, he looked around my store for about three minutes, and when he left, there was a trail of blue feathers that he had molted all over my store. Oh, so it wasn't his real body. It was just the... I, I possibly. I mean, if you're wearing that out in public with a... He was wearing a wife beater on and a pair of, like... He shed his lay it, in your store, is what you're saying. Yeah, he, uh... <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if it was real, but... That's it, gross. It was a, It was pretty nasty. But, but yeah, he, he left and there was feathers all Did over his store. Did he buy anything? No, he was, like, 15. <laughs> I think he was getting his nails done next door. Oh, gosh. This is the world we live in. Um, it's like Tommy Lee Jones has to have that talk. But, yeah, that, that was, uh... Blue hair. But, yeah, um... The, the 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 escaped guy from uh, northeast Georgia was definitely second to my molting experience. Who's this guy? Escaped guy. Yeah, he, he escaped in the bat in a in a in a robe. His butt was hanging out and all that. Oh. Did you see him? Yeah. Did they catch him? I don't know. I didn't talk to him. <laughs> I was gonna let him do what he wanted. Let's see his ass at least. <laughs> so that's good. You saw his butt. <laughs> oh yeah. So Let's talk about the ass. Nice bonus. Yeah, you, you said Richard Gears. Do you see Javier Bardem's butt in this movie? I don't think you do. I don't you do th- I don't sort of because he he's legs. naked on the uh, toilet seat, and you do see a little bit of like, it. Suggests butt. You know what I'm saying? Like the so, so just like the silhouette of the cheek. You can tell he has one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it'd be awesome if he like put on pajamas at one point in this, and then it had the flapping back. It was like one of those old time onesies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For the pooping door or whatever they call it. Yeah, that's what and, they do. Uh, the people that live in Iceland, so they don't freeze when they get and, to go potty. Uh, someone sees it and they're like, "Your flaps down, man." And he's like, "I like it." <laughs> and then he pulls out the coin. <laughs> Magic trick. He should have used that coin more for just kind of more Every, mundane yeah. things. Should I have the number one at Wendy's or the number three? <laughs> Drive through. Um, this movie is bleak and brutal. 
and perfect. It's perfect. It I is, think it's one of the best. It was funny. Justin asked me on the phone. He's like, "Do you think it's one of the best movies?" What did I say? He said, "Do you think it's one of their best movies?" And I said, "I think, I think it's, it's one, one of the best, best movies." Yeah. I, I, I kind of. I agree. think this yeah. thing it's rocketed up my list. I know the of "There Will Be Blood" is always going to be impenetrable. There Will Be Blood is amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but this movie is definitely uh, fantastic in its own right. And the thing is, the Coen Brothers. I, I can't think of another filmmaker or filmmakers that they have like four or five films that are like they're right up there in terms of. For different reasons, like so, so Big Lebowski for different reasons. Intolerable cruelty. Crossing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was trying to remember that one. <laughs> that's, there. that's a damn. I joke. mean, the Coen <laughs> Brothers are no joke. They're the, they're the fucking best. They're so good. Even when they make Intolerable Cruelty, which is not a great movie, it's still pretty good. Like there's I mean, some good I, stuff in it. Hail Caesar's not great. It, but it's it's at least interesting. You know, I mean, they it, they gave Dolph Lundgren a job, so I can't hate him for that. There's a. The, you know, I used to think Burn After Reading wasn't great. I was it's, wrong. It's mir- it's a miracle. It's amazing. Movie. So yeah. I think a lot of th- a lot of times, like sometimes, well, Brother didn't kill me on the first time I saw it, and now I can I can't live without it. Oh, Brother's yeah. charming. It's a, it's a it's a good little fun movie. There's they're just one of my favorite clan rally sequences. <laughs> you know, there's there's the, there's not a lot of movies. <laughs> I got a long list, but that's up there. <laughs> it's like they're kind of hard to copy. I don't know why, because you know, like when when someone's actually Noah, Noah Hawley did a good job. That's true, but it's it just sort of you know it, it certainly references those films a lot, but couldn't give me, couldn't just let me have the compliment. No, no, you're right, but it's <laughs> but it's like you know it's it's almost like the, that shows an awe of the Coens, you know, and and uh, where I think you know, like you look at Wes Anderson or. Or Tarantino, you, you feel people Albert Pion copying those films. Cohen's just don't feel like they get copied a lot, and they have their own thing going on. Like because when you watch it, their yeah. movie, tell us their movie. Tarantino, you know? oh, everybody for sure. copied for a long time, right? They can't, you can't do that with them because there's so much grace and subtlety. And maybe it's because order. Tarantino, like, is like it's like it's cooler. Like his his movies are seem cooler or something. Or Wes Anderson, like. There's like a quirkiness that people like; they want to yeah. copy, but I think the, the Coen Brothers is—it's a, t- a tone. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's a it's there's a tonal a, thing that, that, that follows in every single one of their movies. And I think a lot of people misinterpret Tarantino stuff. They just think fragmented time, violence—you know—that be you know, like a weird uh, out of you know weird moments. And that's not what his stuff really is built on. Mm-hmm. But that's what they respond to, so they try to emulate it. It's like you can't you can't do that. And I was talking about John Sales to Kyle earlier when he was here. It's like it's hard to pin down why that guy is great because his st- there's nothing exemplary about his craft. But the good ones, I think, they, they, it's that stuff that you can't pin down that makes him special. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Coen Brothers and uh, probably I don't know who else is like that. Kubrick, Kubrick, for sure. The Dardine, Dardines, the Stranger Guys, the Stranger <laughs> Things guys. Whatever their names are, I'm just kidding. Duffer, Duffer Brothers. Brothers. Duffer um, Brothers. No, uh, I mean John Hughes, obviously. Angela Bassett, um, uh, Michael. Who's the guy that played Michael Knight? David Hasselhoff. <laughs> uh, anyway, so <laughs> what was I going to say? I, you know, the, I think what's interesting about this movie is that Bardem. I mean, there's so many things that are great about, but Bardem is. He is just. Uh, he's like a. He's like a detached, right? Like he yeah. feels like detached. Like he, nothing's gonna stop what he his goal is. He's just he doesn't care about anything that's that gets in his way. He doesn't have any emotional connection to anything. And I feel like that in a way represents sort of the Coens and sometimes when they make their films, they feel there's a detachedness that comes across when they shoot and their movies too. It's like it's like he's the perfect character for them. It's like reflective of them in a way. And um, 
But I mean, they're also hilarious, you know. And, yeah. You know, and and maybe he's sort of like a more effective version of Peter Stormare from Fargo. Right. I mean, there's, and I think like you noted, you noted it that Bardem is, he is so cold and just uh, terrifying in this, but he does have some moments where he is funny. You know, it that that does come across like the it's a and he I mean, he's a, it's he, a very odd he, balance. You he's know? got a code and he sticks to it. Yeah, that's why he's been on Benadryl. <laughs> Did he like some of the decisions the upper management made? He, he, he didn't. He didn't do good. He went on his own. Um, I know we. How how does Gun do? Is this the best Coen Brothers film for you? I mean, how could how could it be? How can you pick? I mean, I, I it's up there, but Miller's Crossing is always up there for me. I love it so much. Anyway, how about you? You're a guest. I talked over. I shouldn't have gone first. I feel guilty about it. No. <laughs> um, I, I've always had a special place for Fargo. I've yeah, always Fargo's Did you brilliant. watch the TV show? Uh, I've seen most of the first season, and I got caught up with stuff, but I, I want to finish it because it was awesome. Second season is I, a I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic, what I, what I uh, did see. Um, but, yeah, F- Fargo has always been my favorite, I think. It's, it's so good. I mean, and it's got – it's that's the thing too is their movies are so good, their performances of the actors in their film are just outstanding. Well, the fact and and when they're just kind of messing around with like, I mean Barton Fink or, um, what the man who wasn't there and like their black and white noir movie. Yeah, yeah. The, it's a uh, simple man. I mean, there's some there's there's weird like magic that they find in the, even Llewellyn Davis, which has gotten better with, with repeat viewings. Yeah, I didn't. I have this one I haven't seen. Yeah, but I didn't get a chance to see that it's one. It's on the Criterion sale right now, dog. I should go get it's it. It's already a Criterion. Wow. Yeah, they did actually do a Criterion on that one. Um, but you know, there's a, that right now is that Barnes and Noble sale, so yeah. they're all half price. Even Are you I've, got, I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got to go. Then. I've got yeah, yeah. five in my queue right now. I've got to go. Clue even, is on there. <laughs> even Blood Simple, which is their first film, right? It's it's like there's such exciting, interesting stuff that happens in Blood Simple that like. Uh, you know they they just really turn like in Fargo the whole scene when you know they kill the cop and they're trying to um, they're trying to, to drag the body away before the, the car passes them and sees them mm-hmm. and then that's when that guy is like Anton Sugar a little bit in that scene but they just have all these really interesting ex- exciting things happen in their films like that they're so confident I just I don't know where it comes from I you think know, like, I think a lot of it has to do with the, where they're, they're like this odd Midwestern and they siblings that. that to, they see life differently, but it's the blood. Blood Simple is a script, original script by them, right? And then they adapted this, and it feels very much one and the same in a way. Far is Fargo an original script? It is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So based on true story. So maybe they had, <laughs> maybe they had like a Cormac McCarthy influence before they ever adapted his his work. You know. Well, I think that uh, Cormac McCarthy intended on making when he wrote No Country for Old Men, it was intended to be a screenplay, That's and right. nobody would take it. So he oh, really? ad- adapted it into a novelization, and then afterwards, then they came out and did a movie of it. Is the only screenplay that he ri- he's written that was produced at least was the, is The Counselor? Is it the only one that's like not a book? Yeah, but it's also if if you actually read, I have every one of his books at home. It, it, it's actually written like a play. It's not. It's not actually written like a screenplay. Even oh, uh, he calls counselor? it a screenplay. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever seen it? I saw it, but I never. Yeah, I've, I've flipped through it. Like it has like stage. Like it's it's really weird, but it's it's not a it's not a screenplay. It's wow. a it's a it's a play straight up. I, I have it's, always, it's weird. I always have trouble like a little bit like that movie is so good, but I, re- I forget certain things. You did Brad Pitt die in that? I can't. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> is he? All right. Does so, he make it or? 
He so just stayed with Natalie Dormer. What's your one? <laughs> what's one image from this movie that's that embodies the whole work for you? Embodies the whole thing. There's so many. Yeah, I gotta think about that one for a second. Is it? I know. What you, I know what you're gonna say. It's the beginning whenever um, Roland props his rifle up on his boot. On his <laughs> I think that's pretty good. No, for whatever reason, honestly, the my, my the, the most haunting scene for me has always just been that moment when uh, there's a ghost in it. Yeah, he's he's getting ready to um to get Josh Brolin's wife, and uh, they have that conversation, and then it cuts to the outside of the house, and you just see him walking out and checking his shoe. Yeah, like I, I think to me that's yeah, the that's, one that just really like that's awful. You feel yeah. dirty, kind of watching that scene. That's the one for me. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of like deaths in this that of like Nick said of nice people that you mm-hmm. like and she has to be maybe up there the nicest. Oh yeah and there's also that thing where yeah. uh, and Cormac McCarthy does this in a couple of other books especially Blood Murder where like you see all these gratuitous deaths the whole time and then he kind of flips a switch on you in the very end for the person you care about the most and you, you don't, don't get, get to, to see it. it and so it's left of your imagination just how awful it is. You know he did that at the very end of Blood Meridian and I just... It there's is, something immensely disturbing about that. It's like it's so bad out of all of this stuff that yeah. I'm not going to show you. You know what I mean? Mm. That that he's I don't I, there's some that there's something broken in that guy. I love it. Cuz his work is I mean, it's so McCarthy? nihilistic. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever read Blood Meridian? No. I I've read The Road and I read this Blood Meridian is his best. You should you yeah. should read it. Yeah, I heard it's nice. Yeah, heard there's this fun. crazy this is going to be a short aside, but there's this like crazy scene. Well, read. I'm not going to spoil it. No, no go ahead. Yeah, you can. Yeah, spoil it. So there's this crazy scene where basically the whole movie is just like a fever dream of a violence, like gratuitous, nasty violence. And the the main character dies at the end, and you think that it's going to show it. And he kind of... So there's 350 pages of him just like slaughter. And then the end happens, and there's this dude that's pissing, and he's like, hey, you don't want to go over there. And he's like, why not? You don't want to go over there. And it goes over to the scene where Judge Holden killed this kid. And you don't hear what happens. You don't see anything. He just says, good God Almighty, and walks away. And, like, after these 350 pages of just, like, chilling crap, you get this even more, like, haunting scene that it was so bad, he does not show you what happens to this kid. It's a kid. Like, and the kid's the main character? Yeah. yeah. You, 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 you see the novel through the eyes of the kid the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the kid's name is Blood Meridian. Yeah. 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 He's called the kid. Is that is there any relation to Blood Moon good? No. Um my moment my my freeze frame is the is the car up on the hill with the other car next to it. That shot. Yeah. It's like that silhouette. That'd be a cool movie poster. It's a sad little shit. Um but do you I like the limping dog. There's a little over the shoulder. It's a good look. name for a pub, <laughs> which reminds me. So if there's a there's a theme park being built or oh, a yeah. restaurant for No Country for Old Men, what would you what would it be? What would you do? What would your attraction be, or what would your restaurant be? What would you do? That's your 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 big tie-in to No Country for Old Men, a utterly marketable film. What would you do? Well, I I know what I'd do, but what? you guys want to go first? That's fine. I I have a I'd have a taco shop called. Ombre Ultimo. Of course. <laughs> That's incredible. I'd eat there. I'd have a, um, I guess it wouldn't be a restaurant, but it would be like a place where they put up, they put, um, you go in and you could get a, you could get the Brolin or you could get the Bardem. 
and they they put they do makeup and they put a wound on you, <laughs> and then you're allowed they, after they do that, then you can dress it. You can tend to your fake wound, in any way you want. Like you you, know, you could do it like they do in the film. Could it be a gummy wound? It could be. You mean editable? Yeah, editable, editable, but editable. Yeah, but you could tend it to any way you want. And if you wanted to put slap a huge bandaid on it, you could. Um, gummy bandaids. Gummy bandaid. <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> no gummies for old men, something like that. Or what about a candy shop called It's Sugar? <laughs> <laughs> it's just sugar. His first name is Anton. We didn't talk a lot about that. Skip that. I would just say, you know, have a create new Splenda and have his little picture on it. Oh yeah. Sugar. Uh, yeah. Anti sugar. Oh, an- instead of Anton anti- sugar, anti sugar. Anton. There's not a lot. I know. I would have. I would have a donut shop though for me. There's this meme. There's this meme that I saw, and it's got him. And there's it would. I would just do donut holes. I wouldn't do any of the donuts, and it's just for the little, oh little yeah, cattle thing. Just just donut holes. Oh I'm not yeah, selling anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I, Friendos donuts. Tell my Friendos donuts. That's a great yeah, little Friendos spot. donuts. <laughs> and then last, your neighborhood do- donut you shop. Gummies all over my idea. I, I like the gummy wounds. I got to think for gummy wounds. I'm trying to make my idea better. I'm a fiend for gummy wounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then one what keepsake? You have to take one keepsake to your desert island from this movie. Just one. You can't have two. No, you don't. And and the rules are: it's not something that's going to help you survive. It's not something that's going to help you escape the island. It's your totem for this movie that you keep. Yeah. The the your prize. The, the jug of water. Oh yeah, agua. <laughs> yeah, and look good too because it came straight from the sink. Yep. Look lukewarm. That could be good. Lukewarm's in this movie. Um. God, there's so many great little props and shit in this thing. Yeah. That silencer is amazing on his gun. The cattle prod thing is amazing. The silencer is huge. Yeah. It's a big silencer. I don't feel it really works too well. I, I guess it does. It does get a, it is a little... Pfft. Yeah. All those scenes where he loses. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, the quarter. Oh, they said that the briefcase is the same, kind of the briefcase they use in Fargo. Same exact briefcase, Yeah, apparently. that's interesting. That's hmm. an interesting connection. How did how did the, the want of money in Fargo do? It, it went well, same, too. Same kind of idea yeah. here. All right, so what, yeah. Or the, well, quor- or the quarter. The quarter's a good one. Someone, and then one of the trivia on IMDb said one of the quarters he, he had in his pocket had a... Uh, like a paint on it, like you would use in an old arcade. An old arcade, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I didn't they, notice that. Yeah. But someone zoomed in. <laughs> Glad somebody did. We had an arcade in my town called Aladdin's Castle. Was it a chain? Did you yeah. ever have Aladdin's yeah. Castle? Yeah. It also had Spaceport. That sounds familiar, too. Did we grow up in the same town? What about Tilt? I don't know. Tilt, tilt was in the mall, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Which we had Twilight yeah, Zone. Twilight Zone, was yeah, our big one. Twilight Zone was our big one here. I don't remember that one. But I, I kind of do remember that sometimes they'd do that. They'd mark the, some of the money right. like that. Zoom in. Mm-hmm. Chief Nakahoma was playing a video game before me, and he left, and he and money came out of his pocket. So I followed him into the mall and gave Chief Nakahoma his money. I don't know what this is. He used to be the Braves mascot back in the day. Oh, and he gave it, the money it back. A, it was an in, a guy <laughs> dressed as it was an Indian guy, mm-hmm. and he would be an Indian out there. It's kind of Chief n- Nakahoma. Yep. I don't know what that means. I don't understand what that, how that has anything to do with baseball. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I interacted with the best. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, 
God damn. I'm going to take that dog potty. I'm the taking dog, the, 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 puppet the three-hole dog. As a pillow? Because it looked fluffy. It looked comfortable. It looked it looked like a it, Dreamcatcher had happened to it or something. That was a bad, that was a bad f- effect. That was the one thing that... How many shot dusty dogs have you seen in your day? It looked, it looked like a stuffed animal maybe you'd win. Like, I won, I won the stuffed... I won the shot dog <laughs> stuffed toy. <laughs> uh, of course, I would... I mean, if I would take the one thing everybody remembers from this movie. I'd take the the uh, the clipped hanger that Roland uses <laughs> to... Um, the to, to, to use to hook the to hook the um, briefcase, yeah. I, I think that would come in handy. The clipped hanger. Well, no, so that he he clips the hanger and he ties it to the end of the tent poles. Uh huh. And I'd take that because that'd be a good back scratcher. You know what I'm saying? I think he could use that as a back scratcher. That that come in handy. But I like how he goes to that guy, and he said, "I want to buy tent poles." Remember the? No. Yeah, he says, "I I need the poles, not the tent." Yeah, and he goes, well, or something like that. And so the guy gives him shit, and he goes, "All right, just give me a tent." The guy goes, "What kind of tent do you want?" He goes, "The kind with the most poles." <laughs> 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 a little bit of humor in there. Fantastic. So I take that. Yeah. I think we're good. Is that good? No final thoughts. Got a final one. Got a final thought. No. One more. One more. <laughs> no. One more. Eek out. What? Do you have any more notes? Oh, I'm sure I do. You go to the getting place. Mm-hmm. I surprised by your Desert Island pick. Why? I thought you'd take Tommy Lee's head. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> got a head that sex with. <laughs> we didn't mention Caleb Landy Jones. We didn't. A little cameo in this. The star of the Last Exorcism is one of the <clears throat> kids. The, the he's star the, of. He's the bone kid. The kid keeps saying talking about the bone. Really. Mm-hmm. The star of uh, the great movie with Francis McDormand. Mrs. What's it called? He's also an American made. What's the movie where? Uh, three billboards of outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. He's also he is an Amer- he lives in American made. <laughs> He's right. also Banshee from the X Men. Yes. Yeah. Caleb Landry Jones got a good name. Tommy Lee Jones, Caber- Caleb Landry Jones. <gasps>